everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 3, Episode 26 of WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Now, today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games and their Mad Footy Board Game, where they're kicking bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au, that's R-O-L-L-A, to find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a Mad for Footy board game for you and the family. Now, we've got just the most amazing way to start off uh, our domestic sports weekly wrap, and we're going to get right into the Western Warriors, because they've done it again. So let's hit the audio first and foremost. And WA, after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, Now, yes, that was last year's audio. I tried to get some for this year, but the uh, the commentary couldn't be found. I, um, I just got the crowd reaction, which is terrific, but a little bit of country commentary makes it sound even better. But they've done it. They've done the treble. But let's just quickly, before we get that, Lance Morris played only 5 of 10 shield games, but still sits in the top 10 for wicket takers, and he's taken 27 wickets at 18.4 going into the game, whilst Matt Kelly has also been terrific with 29 scalps of 15.89. Now, you do have to feel for the players of David Moody, who had a finger injury, Charlie Stober, who had a quad injury, and Karen Gannon, who unfortunately was omitted, and he was the 12th man, who made their way for the returning trio of Joel Paris, um, who was rested last fixture alongside Matt Kelly and then returning from Australian 12th man duties in Lance Morris. So, but as as you well know, it takes a squad to win a Sheffield Shield championship. And they had 22 players that played across the season. So just amazing. Now to the final, and as already stated, they did it. And they did the double treble. Not only did they win the Big Bash, they won the Marsh One Day Cup and they won the Sheffield Shield in 2021-2022. They did it back-to-back and won it in 2022-2023. Unreal, superb. Name every single superlative that you can think of and throw it at the Western Warriors because they're remarkable. They are kings of domestic cricket for two straight years and simply unstoppable. And it's also just their 17th Shield title in their history, if you don't mind. But let's quickly break it down. WA won the toss and elected to bowl. It had the Victorians at strife at the 46 over mark where they were 5 for 113 before a little resurgence um, got them to 7 for 81. And then the Warriors got the last three wickets for only 14 runs to restrict them slightly and keep them from running away. So uh, they bowled him out for 195. Matt Kelly, he was a workhorse with 2 for 50 at 3.20 economy rate. Uh, Joel Paris was economical in his 2 for 34 at 1.55. And Lance Morris uh, got 3 for 53. Whilst Corey Roccacioli tied up one end and put the pressure on the batters without getting a reward in his 15 overs, he got 1 for 14 at 0.93 economy rate. Josh Philippi finished with six dismissals, a new career high for him. Now, to their batting innings, they got bowled out for 315 with a nice lead of 120. But they weren't actually sitting pretty either. They were 4 for 53 before an 86-run partnership between A.T., uh, Ashton Turner, and Aaron Hardy, and a 105-run partnership between Josh Philippi and A.T., that man again, 
really gave them impetus in the innings. But largely, as as we heard, the AT was uh, common in both of those big partnerships. And this was on the back of Ashton Turner's 128 of 227. Um, Hardy, he was the next best on 45, and really a serviceable stand from bowler Joel Paris, who stayed the course with 31 from 126 deliveries. So well played to you, Joel. Um, to the second bowling innings, and with a lead of 120, uh, the Warriors bowled them out for 210, and they had them on the ropes at 6 for 74, before a little mini fight back by the Victorians, and even at uh, 7 and then 8 for 145, withstanding a final order push from the Victorian bowlers. Uh, Matt Kelly, he actually picked up 4 for 41. Paris had 3 for 55. That were the big and important wicket takers. And then with a meagre total to chase down on day 4, Cam Bancroft and Teague Wiley knuckled down with 39 not out uh, from Cam and a more rapid 43 not out of 50 from Teague, uh, respectively from the two gentlemen, to seal the win. And AT's knock earned him player of the final. And how could you not? As we said, 128 of 227. Uh, the guy has just been knocking the door down. Um, in the second 11 game, uh, it, it was two or three weeks ago, um, he got like an, a 150-odd. Uh, he was just in supreme form. And obviously, we know what he did during the Big Bash summer too. But you you can make a case and a story for every single player in that team and play another four or five that didn't make it as well. It was a squad effort, squad mentality. Um, this team is just supreme, essentially. Um I don't think we can sort of talk about it enough and how just incredible their accomplishment has been to not only complete and complete the sweep on a domestic summer, not just doing it once. They did it two summers in a row and there's no reason uh, why anything or anyone should be stopping them. Um, no one's retiring. Um, they don't have many players who... They, they did have during this season, who they're not going to have during um, ne- next season, more than likely. Um, if anything, they may have more players come back. Who knows? But uh, just unreal. Just superb. They, uh, <laughs> they're the real deal. They're the gold standard of uh, domestic sports across the board. So uh, we're going to leave it there. We're going to move to the netball court, and let's talk a bit of West Coast fever. Passes Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then now they've done it, and they've gone for back-to-back wins but in equally exciting, thrilling, and dramatic fashion against a well-matched side in GWS eking out a 74-73 win. The team actually led by 11 goals at three-quarter time before the Giants came out firing to even the scores on the back of three super shots, the best team in the competition with and for this attacking aspect of the game. With 52 seconds left on the clock, scores were level, and the Fever had the ball, but responded to feed Janelle Fowler for her 59th goal, of which she was 59 of 59 at 100%, and gain a one-goal lead, leaving the Giants 17 seconds to score. But with less than 10 seconds left, Vice Captain Jess Ansers came up with a crucial intercept to deny GWS the chance to score, 
and secure the points. But let's just break it down a little bit more though. Uh, the first term was quite tight with only a goal separating the teams as Janil put on 16 goals at 100% to the second term. Fever gained control of the game through Sasha Glasgow and Alice Teague kneeled. Uh, and the team actually built a handy 10 goal lead. 10 goal lead with three minutes to play uh, before four super shots in the power five from the Giants reduced the margin back to three to the main break. As we know, one of the well, the best team for that particular aspect of the game in regards to the super shot. Courtney Bruce, she was superb in the third term, pulling down two rebounds, one interception, two deflections in that quarter alone. And despite trading blows for most of the first portion of the quarter, the Fever actually managed to extend their lead to seven. But yet again, the Power 5 proved to be just, um, you know, divisive and so important for the GWS. Uh, hitting three super shots uh, before Sasha Glasgow, who was 5 of 7 from super shots, stepped up to hit three of her own on the way to outscoring the Giants by four in the final five minutes of the term. Our West Coast Fever was they were just able to withstand, as discussed earlier, an utterly dominant turn from the Giants, who reduced the lead to four goals before the Super 5, and then scored three more Super Shots to even the scores with one minute to play, but we know how the rest of it played out from there. The game was so evenly matched that offensive rebounds, intercepts, uh, turnovers to bad hands, and turnovers to bad passes were even. Deflections, there was only one difference. And there were a couple of other stats as well um, that were one to two difference. So it was just an even contest all the way down the line and across the board. Uh, Alice Teague, Neil, and Sasha Glasgow, they had 26 uh, goal assists apiece. Tignield also added 34 feeds and 28 centre pass receives. She was dominant in that role. Uh, whilst Courtney Bruce was dynamic in defence as ever with five deflections, eight gains and three intercepts, uh, very similar to Sunday Ariang, at least for the intercept side of things. Uh, the team actually sit second alongside the Lightning, so they're undefeated, two for two, and will play next to fourth place Collingwood uh, this Sunday at RAC Arena. So, uh, yep, a flair for the dramatics, the West Coast Fever. I'm sure they would have loved to have won a little bit more comfortable but hey big moments big players making big plays and they got the job done that's all you can ask for it so we're going to leave it from a west coast fever perspective let's make our way onto the field let's talk a bit of super rugby and more specifically some force men Unfortunately, the team are zero for two uh, on their New Zealand trip, uh, going down 30-17 uh, to the Auckland Blues on Sunday. Uh, possession was 52% to 48% in favour of Auckland. Uh, territory was quite, quite heavy in favour of the Blues, 58%. Uh, of course, uh, as you would expect, um, if you don't really have the ball in your hand, you're going to be making way more tackles. Uh, so the force had plus 56 tackles. And meters gained was very much in favor of the Blues uh, as well. Uh, they had 188 more meters gained. Now, they showed defensive class as they went down by 13 points to the Blues. And this was part of the second leg of their New Zealand tour uh, to finish round five of Super Rugby Pacific. There are a number of, uh, you know, Force fan favourites who had brilliant performances with Santiago Medrano and Tony Pulu, both standouts in the physical encounter. 
And it was just really great conditions for, um, for running rugby in Auckland as the Force started their attempt to make history and find their first win at New Zealand's home of rugby in Eden Park. In addition to this, um, it took a while really for both teams to find their structure, trading possession back and forth with a boot to start the game. But it was the Blues who drew first blood with a 35-minute penalty right in front of the sticks. However, the Force had moments of brilliance in the first 20 minutes, fronting up against the Blues using their physicality to build pressure. Santiago Medrano, sorry, should I say, was outstanding to open the game, securing a number of penalties to shut down any opportunity uh, that uh, that the host had to score and took arguably the play of the game for the Blues to find their first try. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it was an absolute screamer against a strong force defence to extend uh, their lead to 11 points. And towards half time, the visitors continued to look dangerous. However, they were just unlucky to convert any of their opportunities into points after a few lucky tries from the opposition. The first score for the force would actually come in the form of a chip receive kicked by fullback Chase Tiatia that sent over skipper Michael Wells that put the score at 18-5 just before half time. So heading into the break, the margin remained at 13 points. And the second half started much the same as the force showed rock-solid defence back in, the, in their half, needing to secure possession to turn the game around. Our key impact players changed the momentum for the force as Tom Horton, uh, Siasif Armani, and Isaac Fines Leluiasa, apologies for those gentlemen, absolutely butchered your surnames there, uh, they were injected into play alongside local Joondalup Brothers um, products, Marley Pierce, uh, who made his Super Rugby Pacific debut. Finally, the Blues cracked under force pressure to let over Tony Pulu, who crashed over in the corner to reduce the margin to 13 points with 20 minutes remaining. As sort of the game started to die down, the force didn't falter, holding the majority of the ball that eventually saw Zach Kibberidge speed over the line to add to his side's haul of points. Despite the scoreboard, the first the force were able to deny the all-important bonus point for the Blues and finish strong uh, to sort of set themselves up well for their next encounter against the Hurricanes at Central Energy Trust Arena in Palmerston North next Sunday. So, yeah, of course, it wasn't what you wanted in regards to getting the result, but they held on firm in the second half, um, didn't let the Blues get the bonus point. That's important. Uh, three tries uh, to uh, Michael Wells, Tony Pulu, and Zach Kibberidge, and conversions to Hamish Stewart. So they probably could have converted a little bit better too when they had that opportunity. So yeah, zero of two so far on the trip away. Um, not the way that you want to go about it, but there's only so much you can do. And of course, they've got another opportunity opportunity to try to get a rare win on New Zealand soil. So we'll see how they go next weekend and uh, how that sort of affected the standings. Let's quickly go to our Rugby Union Live app. And of course, you would expect that they've gone down the ladder quite a bit. So they're sit sitting our uh, 10th at the moment. The Waratahs are underneath them as are Moana Pacifica. So, yep. Uh, they're on eight points. Uh, they are only a couple of points out of six, six or seventh spot. But again, it's going to be another big challenge coming up for them this week. So we're going to leave it for the Force men. Let's now have a touch to see how the Force women went. That, I think. And the Western Force, through an error, back in possession. And Clough will have a go at picking and driving. Seven metres away, the Western Force in a great spot. Stevens is next. Bell sends it out, Lettington. Hirohirangi passes it through, they're going to slice 
Yep, first round of the season for the ladies, uh, the Force women, and uh, the first time that we're covering them here at Bat Banter, but it was a supremely difficult start to the W season for the Force, as they went down 43-0 to the New South Wales Waratahs, and that was a Wallaroo stacked team. Uh, they were also the 2022 runners-up. And this was a really, really physical encounter. Uh, the Waratahs punished every mistake the Force made. And although the visitors improved in the second half uh, through a pair of late tries, um, that sort of blew out the margin. And the difference in class truly showed across the game. The team had 12 debutants, 12 debutants in round one, which is a lot. And it's also a positive for the future, but challenging for the here and now. Um, they only had 42% possession and territory and conceded seven tries, but thankfully the Waratahs only converted four of them. In the final stages of the game, a yellow to Ariana Hira Harangi saw the force drop to 14 women, and another lapse in judgment from Destiny Maui saw her receive a card as well, and 10 minutes on the sidelines, as the Waratahs really capitalised on this to bury the force. So it's all about looking ahead and what's going to happen next. Mitch Hodgson's side will take plenty of learning opportunities out of the encounter into next week's clash with the Queensland Reds on Friday, March 31. So, so yeah. Pretty ordinary start, but um, yeah, they're going up against a really, really class outfit. And I'm sure, as, as we said, they would have taken a lot out of that game. 12 debutants is crazy. It's a huge amount of players um, to, to sort of be debuting for your first game, for your first outing. Um, that they will no doubt go back to the drawing board, uh, figure out what what they did well, um, what they were able to sort of you know follow through from the game plan, but also what went awry and why did it happen. And you know hopefully they're quick fixes and they can put out you know a much better outing um, in their second game and hopefully get some points on the board. More importantly, I'm right, going to leave it for the Force women. Let's now talk a little bit of Glory women. Popped over the top for Hinson. It's going to sit up here for Sierra Hinson. It's there. Perth level. What a finish from Sierra Hinson. Made an acute angle. Very achievable. And a shallow goal kick due to the wind. Now the Hinson team's final home game for the season was an important one to celebrate Kim Carroll in front of the fans. She's played in the A-League since 2008. Uh, she's represented Australia on 54 occasions, and she has also played 150-plus games, so made that many appearances. Uh, she joined the Glory in 2015-16, having won a premiership and two championships previously with Brisbane. Now, to the game at hand, it was the start of a treacherous finish for the season, with three games across six days in three separate cities, with the equation for the team being very simple. Win all of their games and hope Melbourne victory fall enough across the time to allow the glory to leapfrog them. Now, Glory stage a remarkable second-half comeback to secure a thrilling 4-3 victory over Melbourne City and Macedonia Park and keep their Liberty A-League finals hopes very much alive. And the result also ensured that the retiring Kim Carroll could farewell the Glory faithful on a winning note. But such an outcome looked incredibly unlikely for the first hour of the game when Alexa Parks' side were second best and really fortunate not to be trailing by more than just Rihanna Policina's first half effort. But once Sadie Lawrence headed home her first ever glory goal, well played Sadie, to make it a one-all with 20 minutes left, the game took on an altogether different complexion. Within 60 seconds, Hannah Blake found the net with a stunning lob to put the home side in front. 
And although substitute Hannah Wilkinson soon restored parity, you know, bring it back to two all, um, the drama was far from over. Hannah Lowry restored Glory's lead with nine minutes left before Sierra Hinson made it 4-2 with her sixth goal of the season. And although Julia Grosso reduced the arrears in stoppage time to make it 4-3, the high-flying visitors were unable to find the net again in a frantic final. The result leaves Glory just three points behind fourth-place Melbourne victory with a game in hand setting up a dramatic final week of the season uh, in which the women in purple face away clashes with Sydney FC on Wednesday and Brisbane Raw on Saturday. Now, given the roller coaster 90 minutes he had just witnessed, Coach Alec Parker said it was little wonder that uh, he sort of was a little bit lost for words at the start of his media conference where he said, my heart rate is just starting to come down now. Wow, just wow. What a match, and that performance was a microcosm of how the whole season has gone. We started slowly, we looked a bit down and out, and then we found a way to overcome what we needed in order to get the result. So, just terrific, and it was actually in front of a bumper crowd who was on hand and keen to pay tribute to Carol, who announced earlier in the week, as we know, that she's bringing an end, uh, the curtain's coming down on her illustrious 15-year career at the uh, completion of this season. But uh, well played, ladies. What a great way to finish off your home, uh, your, your final home game of the season before huge games uh, on Wednesday and I think Sunday as well. So it's pretty much simple. Win and you give a chance, give yourself a chance to be in and hope that Melbourne victory can falter along the way. But uh, you got to take care of business. So far, one for one. Now they've got two more opportunities to make it count. The first one is on Wednesday. But it doesn't get any easier because they'll be playing top of the table with Sydney FC in that clash. So we're going to leave it for the Perth Glory women. We wish them luck over the next sort of five to six days. And hopefully, with a bit of luck, once again, they can uh, make their way and uh, claim a late finals berth. But we're going to leave it now for the Glory women. Alright, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. That is the end of Season 3, Episode 26. The Glory Women, it's all in their hands. The fate is up to them. And hopefully, uh, you know, they can have other results go their way. Force Women, pretty tough start to the season. But it's only Game 1. Let's see what they can dish up in Game 2. Uh, the Fever. Well... Man, they love a flair for the dramatics, the ladies. Um, two wins in a row and winning by the barest of margins, I tell you what. Uh, the Force men as well, um, zero for two in their New Zealand outing, although not many Australian teams win over there in New Zealand, so they're certainly not alone there. And hey, we've already done enough about the Warriors. They're stars, they're champions, they're superb, they're brilliant. They're the kings of domestic cr cricket and just terrific. As I said, we've done enough superlatives for them. We know that they're pretty much just general legends and superb. Sorry, I overdid my superlatives there, I think. Now, to us and to Batbanda. If you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. And I look forward to touching base with you. But also, all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene, but from Adam Bat, yours truly, I'm out for now.